There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river is flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell glowing? Is the grisly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. So we're back in the boiler room. Um, the ghosts begin to file out or slowly fade into nothingness. Uh, the objects are still in front of you. Do any of you take anything? Virgil's going to pick up the, the book on electroengineering. Okay. I'm going to uh, snatch up my notes as quickly and discreetly as possible. I would have also moved forward to grab my smoke box back. Okay. Gail is very, like, dramatically appalled by all of this and is not getting closer to anything <laughs> okay uh the, all the all the various like ghosts are still in the room yeah um they're either leaving the room or or fading into nothingness uh i'm just gonna grab the mirror with my name on it okay uh so you guys are leaving the book and the turkey carcass i'll, I'll grab the book sure okay i'm not i'm not touching the turkey carcass <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, who sacrificed and, this bird down here? It's definitely right. not, you know, representative of anyone down here. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, it's uh, weird that Gail didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, weird. Uh Virgil's gonna be watching Alistair with kind of this like interested but smug look on his face. Okay. Um, so I assume that you all head back to the house after all of this. Yeah, I think we would have wanted to go home. So um, after what I'm sure is a silent but stressful car ride, uh, you make it back to the house. Rookwood Manor stood by itself, holding darkness within. It had stood so for centuries and might stand for centuries more. Within the walls continued upright, wood beams met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay across the wooden stone of Rookwood Manor, and whatever walked there never walked alone. As you exit your cars and start to walk up towards the house, you get this sort of eerie feeling that there's something or someone in the house, that the house is not as empty as either you believe it to be or that you make yourself believe it to be. Um, this isn't anything new for Virgil, I think. Being, yeah, I don't think so. I think yeah, that- Yeah, being um, aware of the family history and probably being more in tune with it than the rest. This is business as usual. Yeah, I think that um, Virgil, or um, if Penelope isn't pushing that part down of herself so much, um, sort of is aware that there's always a feeling of, uh, of fullness in Rookwood Manor. But uh, now it's, it's really undeniable, even to Alistair, that there's just- something a little off or something that's there that you can't quite see or make out. I am going to go to my room and begin packing my things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you announcing that or is that just what you're doing? 
That's just what I'm doing. Sounds like Gale is following. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have uh, Alistair and Gale making a beeline to their bedroom. Um, <laughs> quick question. Uh, your bedroom, is it Gale's childhood bedroom or another room in the house? <sighs> um, well, I imagine as children when we grew up here, we didn't have like, you know, adult size bedrooms tm so i probably against better judgment probably moved into like mom and dad's room okay yeah unless anyone has any objections to that Mm -mm. no that sounds good yeah i think that that makes sense for gail um Mm. kind of like the probably like you know what would be the equivalent of a master bedroom is probably where Mm. your your parents stayed Right. I think yeah. I think Virgil would have been satisfied enough with the the room he's always had um, there, which is probably the next largest room anyway. Right, and there are you know a number mm-hmm. of bedrooms. Um, Gail's mm-hmm. old childhood bedroom, Jeremy's room now, um, you know Penelope's room, and then assorted other guest rooms mm-hmm. right. that other members of the family have uh, grown up in, but are now just empty. Okay, so is anyone else doing anything? I think. Virgil is kind of amused and is going to I think he's actually going to follow Gale. Because he, he like if oh boy if, if he had popcorn he would be bringing it. All uh, right. I, I think this is too good to not miss. Penny is actually going to turn to JC and ask him has that ever happened to you at school before? Being randomly called into the guidance counselor's office for the entirety of the day and then having my family come in uh, and having some of them make a scene. Unfortunately, no, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'll hear about it, you know, tomorrow or something. I was more talking about the um, the haunting, if you will. Uh, if it's happened before, I haven't really paid it any mind. I just kind of go there, get the day through, and uh, and come back here, where we're all so happy. <laughs> and you're really trying to tell me your mother's never made a scene at the school before? Hey! Uh, <laughs> no- nothing that wasn't uh, handleable. Uh, normally, her her little public mask she wears doesn't fall that quickly. <laughs> uh watching the other storm off i'm gonna ask you see well do you want to watch what happens next or oh you're gonna... oh absolutely i'm livid i I would like some entertainment <laughs> <laughs> then i all guess right. we also follow virgil <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone How just this happen? Penny oh, no. makes a quick thing of popcorn and they all fall over <laughs> to upstairs. Um, okay. So, uh, so they get up to the bedroom. Um, the normally pristine master bedroom now has, um, a drawing on the wall, like about like a foot or so up the wall. Um, it's a little family portrait. There's, uh, there's a woman with a frowny face. Um, there's, a guy, you know, they're little sick figures. There's a guy who's, you know, mysteriously missing, like, an arm and a leg and a little pool of something around him. Um, and there's 
uh, you know, someone hunched over in the window of the house and uh, two little stick figures by the, you know, parent stick figures and uh, another adult stick figure with long hair off to the side. Notably, there is also a crayon floating in the air completing this drawing um, and the crayon drops when everyone gets into the room. And then Gail, you feel um, a little hand grab at yours. Oh. <laughs> oh, Christ. So Gail is still totally in den- denial mode. This is not happening. She has been assaulted. Her her identity of as a parent has been assaulted today. Uh, her husband is now being assaulted with all of the supernatural baggage that was not, you know, part of the plan to reveal probably ever, realistically. Uh, so I guess out of panic, she kind of like swats the hand away. <laughs> Um, you hear, um, little footsteps, but definitely harder footsteps run out of the room and a door slams behind everyone. Uh, at this point, Gail probably turns around to see that everyone has followed, you know, Alistair and Gail into her bedroom and is like, what are you all doing here? I figured I'd see how, uh, how this was going. How what is going? Nothing's happening. Are you sure? So, like, did you, did you not draw that on the wall? Or is this another one of, of Alistair's, you know... Uh, hallucinations that he's having. <laughs> she <laughs> she looks to Alistair because this is the first time of hearing about hallucinations, at least from someone other than Virgil. And you know, Virgil makes up shit all the time, so you know. <laughs> well, I think that she heard about it when he told her he thought he had been drugged, if I recall. Yeah, he mentioned it to yeah. my counselor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, well, Vir- Virgil kind of brought that up. You confirmed it, though. Yeah, I confirmed it, but... I think if we were sure it was being drugged, Gail would have shrugged it off as in, like, not actual, like, hallucination, like, seeing things hallucinations, Mm -hmm. but, like, making a distinction between, you know, drug seeing things and supernatural seeing things. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. Uh, So, yeah, she looks at Alistair and is confused for a second before snapping back to, to JC and... She gives him kind of, you know, the look, TM, and just very, you know, harshly, harshly um, positions herself. JC, go to your room. We'll talk later. I don't, I'm not really in the mood to, like, listen, I guess is the best way of phrasing this. Uh, So I think I'm going to watch. JC. With all due respect, Gail, I think this is a matter that we need to solve as a family. Uh, Virgil says with, again, this kind of, like, cocky grin on his face. Like, things are catching up with Gail, and he's just loving it. <laughs> and Gail, you're all about family, right? So so Gail looks at him and glares a million daggers just right into him. We never solved anything as a family before. This has nothing to do with any of you. This is between me and my husband. Please leave. No, I I actually believe this quaint does deal with all of us. Are you going to tell him? Tell him what? You know what. There's nothing to tell him. Tell him or I will. You will do no such thing. We could just bypass all of that and look at Alistair and be like, hey, we're all cursed and have powers that you can't understand. JC. (laughs) (laughs) Does JC say that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, um, 
So yeah. all the meanwhile, while this has been while this discussion's been going on, Alistair has been packing his bags and paying absolutely no mind to the drawing on the wall, to what any of you are saying. But when JC says that, he will stop and look at JC and <laughs> this is pure madness. You all are fucking mad, and I have had my share of it. No more. I have reached my limit. I will not stand for another second of this insanity. So, so Gail immediately softens herself and, and slowly tries to approach him, seeing that he is clearly irate and confused about what's happening. <laughs> um, and just very, very gently, dear, please don't make anything, any rash decisions. They're playing some kind of prank. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yes, Gail, no shit. They're playing some sort of prank. All this, the, 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 the apparitions in the basement are no doubt some sort of light invention that your uncle has made. <laughs> I, I cannot deal with this. This is not funny. Whoever's idea of a prank this is needs to stop right now. Gail turns back to the rest of the family and is like, no, it certainly is not funny. And suddenly is like very hard towards the family again. Uh, can I use my curse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would you like shit. to use it for uh so i can steal someone's reflection to wear it as my own i'm just gonna become alistair okay if you succeed you in fact can get alistair's face as your own uh then i'm going to roll uh two weird and one guile and what am i am i looking to get something specific here um so you're trying to get a four or five or a six and that's a success um, uh, okay, I got a one, a three, and a six. My weird were the one and the three, and my guile was the six. So, um, you did it. Uh, how do you want to describe how exactly you did this? Uh, yeah, like, sure. So, like, like uh, are there any like mirrors in in? I, I assume there's probably a mirror in in the master bedroom. Yeah, we probably have like a, a vanity, like a big heirloom vanity with a mm. pretty large mirror on it. Yeah. So, like, uh. We'll we'll assume that like, uh, Alistair is like picking up his stuff, uh, near, uh, like the mirror, uh, and JC will sort of walk behind his reflection, and as his reflection covers up JC's, another Alistair will just walk out. I suppose in like the the actual world and not the mirror world, it's a it's a very quick and sudden like shimmering as, uh, in. In his full glory, there is now a second Alistair, dressed exactly the same, though the reflection is reversed. So, mm -hmm. uh, if Alistair parts his hair a certain way, it's now the other way on the reflection. So everybody goes through that, like, weird, uncanny valley thing mm -hmm. where it's like, that's not the same! <laughs> yeah, and I, I do like to imagine, just because, like, JC's personal mark is reversed appearance, uh, that the his actual reflection is, like, perfect. It's not reversed. Like, it's it's... It's a perfect mirror. Mm -hmm. Right. So when that happens, Virgil's going to just go, just, his eyes are going to go wide. And go, JC, your course has manifested. Not JC, I'm Dr. Alistair Lavelle, and I have a huge ego, and I need everybody to tell me how smart I am. So Gail is going to very quickly approach, <laughs> very quickly approach Alistair and, like, hold his face and have her, like, forcibly have him look at her. And she's like, don't listen to them. He's playing a trick. It's not real. They drugged you again. None of this is real. <laughs> Gail, your your denial is doing him a disservice. 
Alistair is going to swat Gale's hand away. You she backs up. <laughs> are just as mad as the rest of them. You are all insane. You want to know something? Fine. I'll tell you something. I've been studying you for months. All of you. And I suppose now I have just what I need to prove just how bloody, crazy, each and every one of you is. And he's going to pick up um, whatever he has near him and begin to walk towards the door. That's a very interesting idea, but how can you get, you know, your work published and have anybody take you seriously if I were to... I don't know, still looking like you just walk around town and start smashing things and getting into fights with people. Can can you imagine what people would say? Dr. Alistair Lavelle goes on a psychotic rampage? My, that would, my, my credibility as a doctor would be ruined. At the rate he's going, I don't think you need to frame him for anything. Gail looks at JC and just, like, glare. No words, just daggers, just... She is very physically unhappy, and she she follows Alistair out the door. Um, actually, as Alistair's heading towards the door, um, Virgil is going to kind of like stop him for a second, and I and he's going to say, "For your own safety, I would be careful what you do next." And he kind of glances over Alistair's shoulder towards Gale and says, <laughs> "Lest you end up like the others." Very sincerely in this moment. Step out of my way before I decide to hurt you. <laughs> um, <laughs> perhaps you are, in fact, losing your mind. Uh, and Virgil will step aside. Before Alistair leaves the room, he turns back to Gale and says, I don't know what's happening here, but me there, your son, he is going to leave this place as soon as he can. As soon as he is able, he is going to leave you. Deal with that. And he'll walk out the door. <laughs> um, is Alistair just trying to leave the building? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, as he walks past, um, the door to the family room opens on its own. Um, the room that Gale has probably pretty expressly forbidden you from ever entering. Um, the door opens and all the lights are on. And there's whispers, uh, whispering your name that you hear, beckoning you to come into the room. Against my better judgment, I'll enter. Okay. Um, I will switch back real fast to what everyone else is doing. Sure. Um, Virgil's going to turn to Gale and say, Your denial is driving him away. If you would have explained to him who we are and what we do, on the onset of this marriage, like you're supposed to, we wouldn't be here right now. Oh, but Uncle Verge, this is just so much more fun this way. True. But at one point, you have to recognize that the family traditions are there for a reason. So Gail is just standing there. Um, she looks like she's not really registering what's going on. She's not angry, um, but very like blank face. She's kind of in shock. You can kind of imagine that if she wasn't such a, a hard, a cold person, that she'd probably like have tears streaming down her face. But that's not happening. <laughs> no tears are loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look at Gail and be like, "You're really not gonna run after him." Gail 
continues to not say anything and just leaves the room without looking at any of them. Virgil, as as she's leaving, Virgil's going to kind of watch her leave and turn to Penny and go, oh, I'm sure she'll run after him when she's hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So we will switch back to Alistair. Uh, Alistair walks into the room against his better judgment. Um, The door slams behind him. Uh, And once again, you see your familiar friends, Elias Rookwood, standing in front of you in the middle of the room, smiling softly at you. We can't allow you to leave, Alistair. Oh, fantastic. Uh, The rest of the family has decided to speak to me then, whatever you are. We're the ghosts of the House of Rookwood. Every family member still resides here. We've been watching you, and this generation is gone stray so to speak and as he's talking um it starts out uh alistair just feels a little drip fall onto his forehead and when he goes to wipe it away he sees that it's blood and as elias continues to talk more blood begins to drip from the walls from the stealing from the really the wooden fixtures in the room um alistair is going to let out a scream like he he has finally snapped truly this this has broken him another ghost appears to you um a young woman this time and she takes her she takes your hand and she tries to lead you uh to a chair in the room to just sit down (laughs) i'll slowly shuffle and follow along with what she demonstrates to me yeah, so she sits you down and she kneels in front of you still with your hand in hers. It feels not quite human. It feels uh, very cold. It's definitely physical. It's definitely there, but it's not quite there. It's not like anything you've really ever experienced before. Pay them no mind. They just like to scare the newcomers sometimes. What is... what is happening to me? You've just involved yourself with a family, that's all. It's really not so bad once you get used to it. Not so bad. There's blood dripping from the fucking walls. I am talking to a ghost. (laughs) You'll get used to those things. (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. (laughs) Alistair just kind of sneers and is kind of like, he's very unsteady and his hands are shaking. He's just kind of looking around the room very uncertainly. Um, She smiles at him and she says, uh, We've all read your book. You're a really nice writer. You don't have all the details right, but you're very talented. Oh. uh, Thank you, I suppose? Maybe you should just go back upstairs and lay down for a while. I know this can all be very overwhelming when you're not used to it. Go back upstairs, lay down. No, I need to get the hell out of here. I don't think that's such a good idea. And why not? I'm not part of this family. I don't belong here. Well, you are, technically. You did marry Gail. As a way to... As a way to do what I needed to do. I don't think that anyone in this family can really blame you for that at the end of the day. But I don't think that they'll just let you leave. And what are they going to do to stop me? Uh, She shrugs and she smiles at him again before disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. Fuck around and find out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, Alistair is going to try to uh, stand up and leave. Elias watches you. Uh, the door is open. You can open it. And uh, when you do open it, Elias is there in front of you again. Go away. I just want to go. <laughs> uh, he smiles and watches you. He doesn't do anything. I begin to uh, move towards the front door. Yeah, as you continue to w- to make your way up, as you turn through the corners and enter into new rooms, um, Elias pops up again every time he's out of sight. And uh, you make it to the front door. He's standing next to it. Uh, I go to open the door. Um, you try, but the door does not open. Um, if you try harder and try to shake it, um, again, blood starts to appear and drip down the door. Um, I'll take my hand away and just kind of let out another yell and... Why won't you just let me leave? And uh, from upstairs, you guys hear Alistair. Uh, he sure is yelling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Gail would be down there at this point as she, you know, has has left them, right? Mm-hmm. Upstairs. So I guess she um, slowly approaches him, very dead face, very dead pan. She doesn't look at him in the eye. She just stares kind of like straight ahead, kind of like she's in a fog. And she just kind of quietly asks, why? Why? Why what? Why did you choose my family to ruin? Because this is all... Because you're all... You're all mad. And I saw an opportunity. That's why. Pure randomness. No fate... No special choosing. Just a word on the street of some strange happenings and a chance to make some money. That's why, Gail. I I see. Then, I sh- you have the right to know that blood has always been more powerful than anything you will ever imagine. What the hell does that mean? Welcome to the family. Um, and she turns around and, and walks away. Alistair just kind of stands for a moment and thinks. And then he just kind of sets his stuff down on the ground. And sits down. And kind of hugs his knees to his chest. And cries. Hello listeners, I am your chronicler and host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. We are halfway through this season. As I'm sure you can tell, things are really starting to ramp up for our beloved Rookwoods. The last two episodes will go live July 8th and July 15th. As always, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. I also have a very special announcement. Brian Bin and Michael Addison, the creative minds behind The Curse of the House of Rookwood, will be joining us for a special retrospective episode on July 22nd, which is also my birthday, so it'll be a special birthday treat for me. We'll be talking about the system they created and also a bit about how Tom and I developed the story using their game and setting. We'll be taking a look at the more technical side of things uh, in this podcast. If you have any questions that you would like to be answered on this episode, please tweet them to us at Table Fables Pod or send them to us on Facebook or Instagram at Table Fables Podcast. And be sure to check social media for more details. 
and even more surprises. There'll be a second retrospective episode. This time it will be with our wonderful cast. We're still working on a time to record, so it might not be our full cast, but we'll be getting as many cast members as possible. On that episode, we'll be talking about the story and characters and answering your burning questions about our wonderful and strange Rookwoods. Again, you can send any questions that you want to be answered to us on social media. Also, we have a ton of guests this episode. At the beginning of the episode, you heard the dulcet tones of Tom, our producer and the composer of our theme song. And yes, he was reciting the poem from the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I am sure that some listeners will have also noticed that I've had other NPCs quote works like The Crucible and The Haunting of Hill House as well. Saker returns as our dear progenitor, Elias Rookwood. Saker is one half of the nerdcore rap group 2D6. You can also listen to him on the podcast Tales of the Voidfarer, and It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. And finally, our friend Kitty McClendon plays one of the Rookwood ghosts. There isn't a ton of information about the character that she's playing in this episode, but Kitty will be returning in subsequent episodes. You can follow her on Twitter at BlackXCat. That's at B-L-A-C-K-X-C-A-T. K-A-T-G. And as always, be sure to check out our cast and crew's other projects. Nick, who plays Virgil, Tom, and I are a part of Project Derailed, the company behind this podcast. You can find lots of nerdy goodness at projectderailed.com, and you can listen to our podcasts on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Nick is the DM on the Spelljammer-inspired actual play podcast, Tales of the Voidfarer, another Project Derailed podcast. We have a lot of crossover between this podcast and Voidfarer. Tanner Bivens, who played Dr. Howe in the last episode, plays the human wizard Marco Astorio. Saker plays the Doar Rogue Luckby Cumbolt, and I play the Githyanki Cyanite Ravnus. You can find Annie, Fable's own Penny Rookwood, on Instagram at Two Bookish Babes, which is soon to be a young adult literature podcast. Chelsea, our very own Gail Rookwood, runs an Etsy shop with another dear friend of ours, Alex. You can buy their gaming-inspired candles at etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles, or follow them on social media at candlesplot. During the editing of this episode, I've been burning the pleasantly floral candles to and it is wonderful. Garrett, our Alistair Lavelle, is part of the band Northern Weather. You can find them at, at northernweather.bandcamp.com or on Facebook as northernweather-oh. And finally, my producer Tom and I are on the Project Derailed podcast, Big Streaming Pile. It's a podcast where we talk about bad movies on streaming services. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Facebook under Big Streaming Pile Podcast or Twitter at Big Stream Pile. And of course, thank you to Tom for not only composing and recording our theme song, but also for serving as our producer and co-writer. And of course, as always, Thank you to Nerdy Pup Games, Brian Bitt, and Michael Addison for allowing us to run the curse of the House of Rookwood for the first season of our podcast. They are the creative minds behind Rookwood, and without them, we wouldn't be able to bring this amazing game to you. All right, let's get back to the game. Um, Gail, where do you go? Uh, probably to the kitchen. Let's be real. <laughs> Girl needs some ice cream or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So you go to the kitchen. Um, for the sake of what I'm about to do, uh, there is some sort of uh music box, or some sort of radio uh, record player, something that makes music. Um, as she walks into the kitchen, um, clearly upset, um, it turns on. You aren't sure what it is before, but as it begins to play, it becomes more and more recognizable. Uh, you recognize um, a lullaby that your mother used to sing to you and Penelope. Um, it's her voice, but 
it's not quite like you've heard it before. Uh, it's, you know, very melodic, but it starts to go into a round as more and more voices are added. Um, each voice is still her own, but just you don't even know how many times over. Um, she probably lets it go for uh, a hot second before she, you know, eventually walks over and, and turns it off and she says, not now, Mom, I'm fine. Uh, the radio doesn't turn back on or anything. Um, and I am going to switch up real fast to see what uh, Penelope, Virgil, and JC are up to. After um, after a few minutes and kind of he- hearing that uh, Alistair's yells have subsided, Virgil is going to turn to JC and say, Young JC, you grabbed a book from the school as well, did you not? Uh, yeah, at this point in time, the the illusion of of Dr. Alistair Lavelle 2 uh, has faded. Uh, yeah, I grabbed it because it didn't look like anybody else was. May I see it? Yeah, sure, here you go. You'd know more about these things than I would. Indeed. Um, and he's going to open it and kind of flip through it just to kind of confirm that it is what it says on the cover. And uh, just kind of curious, like curiously flipping through the pages and musing over it. Um, I'm sure Virgil is probably familiar with most of what's in this book already. Right. Um, notably, you aren't. You don't really recognize the name on the cover, Michael Rookwood. Um, mm-hmm. As far as you know, there's not a Michael in your family. Uh, right. And you go through and look through it. Um, a lot of stuff, like you said, you do know. It has a pretty extensive rules well not like rules that's pretty extensive essays on um how ghosts function and uh you mm-hmm. know what really ghosts are and how to combat them um mm-hmm. it also has uh, a great deal of family history uh, it has a fa- mm-hmm. very extensive family tree and biographies of each family member um Weirdly, you notice those biographies go up to the present. Um, it also has uh, lists of different curses that family members have exhibited. Um, so tell me what you're looking the most closely at. Um, I, I mostly I was mostly just flipping through to get a gauge of what the book was. And it's kind of what what I was expecting. But when I notice it goes all the way to the present, I'm going to flip to my brother's page. Uh, yeah, so you flip to your brother's page, and, uh, mm-hmm. it is mysteriously blank. Hmm. Well, no matter. I think we can put this book to good use, I th- I think. Um, I say kind of to both Penny and, uh, JC. And I turn, I take the book and I turn and I, uh, leave with it. Okay. Uh, Penny and JC, what are you two doing then? Well, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it it definitely was something. How much longer do you think Gail's going to last before her hunger overtakes? Well, given given that Alistair has been screaming, uh <laughs> it's either currently currently going on. I'm going to avoid the downstairs for a while or or it's building and Eventually the dam has to break. Her hunger for love is just going to be the end of her, I swear. I'm going to sigh and go to my room to replace my knickknack on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And check 
I'm going to go up to the rookery and check up on my friends. Um, so you replace your knickknack on the shelf. Um, you go, um, something about, I, I will say something about your shelf feels a little bit off, but you're not like quite sure how to place it. Um, it seems like everything's there. It just feels a little bit different somehow. Um, and you go down to the rookery. When you say it feels different, do you mean like everything's just not quite in its right place? Or Yeah, yeah. It feel it, it's like one of those things where everything appears to be there, but it's almost like is everything like an inch to the left? Like what exactly is different? Um you're not really able to place it right away. It's just not quite right. Yeah. I'm gonna think about that later, um, and go to the rookery and once again touch my father's name on the side of it and yeah. see if and see if my friends have any uh interesting secrets to share from their day. Yeah, as you go to um touch your father's name, you you go and you know, it's almost muscle memory at this point, you go to touch it and as you run your fingers over it, the name isn't quite right. And you look at it, and it's not your father's name. It's the name that's usually above that. And then it's just blank. Like his name has been just serious. Yeah, and it's not... So the names are, like, carved in, but it doesn't look like anything's been changed. It's just like it was never there in the first place. Uh, With that, I'm going to change my trajectory and go to Uncle Virgil. Um, yeah, you go and, uh, well, let's check in with JC real fast. Uh, are you doing anything in particular? Uh, yeah, a- after, after the events in, in the boiler room, I think I'm going to go to whatever room, uh, was, was Jamie's and just sort of like sit in it and, and look at the mirror I was given, uh, the mirror that I, that I took from the, the, the mirror with my name on it. Yeah. You go into the room, um, you sit down in there. You have the mirror. Uh, nothing appears to be happening. Um, you have the kind of same sense of being watched that you usually do, but it doesn't, like, get stronger or anything in this room. Okay. I'm just in here to reflect both on the mirror and, like, mentally. Okay. Yeah, very nice. Um, Penny, you go to find uh, Uncle Virgil. So when I left the room, I was immediately going to do a thing. Okay. Uh, what were you going to do? So I, I take the book and I go downstairs and I want to see what kind of became of Gail and, and Alistair. I'm looking for Alistair specifically. Yeah, he is crying by the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Virgil is going this game to is walk. Fun. <laughs> yes. Vir- <laughs> Virgil is going to kind of see him there and kind of smirk to himself and approach. And he'll just stand probably about eight feet away, just kind of looking at Alistair to see if Alistair is going to notice him or acknowledge him. Um, Alistair will look up at him at one point and just say, uh, kind of in between sobs, <sighs> please just leave me alone. It didn't let you leave, did it? They didn't let you leave. Well, I'm still here, aren't I? Yes, you are. I, for one, would love nothing more than for you to simply go away. However, it looks like that isn't going to be possible. So, 
despite your intentions, you best learn. And Gail, through her deep-seated denial of the situation, you're a psychologist, I imagine you can understand how that could be, she isn't going to tell you, so you best do what you do best in study, and I'm going to toss the book at, on the floor in front of it. I'll pick it up and kind of look look at the cover and open it. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing to you that I described to uh, to Virgil earlier. Are you looking for anything in particular? Or are you just starting at the beginning? Uh, just starting at the beginning, and I'll and I'll say to Virgil, "What what is this? It is our family. You wish to learn? Here's your opportunity. And since Gail isn't going to explain it to you as she should, I figured." This is the best way you're going to learn. Take all the time you need. I don't imagine you have much of another option. And Virgil's going to turn and begin walking away. Um, as you begin walking, I'm going to call out to you real quick. Um, he stops. What do I have to do to get out? Just tell me, Virgil. Tell me what I need to do. As I said before, I would love nothing more. But unfortunately... I don't make the rules. Um, and Virgil's going to turn and keep walking away. Okay. And I'll begin um, reading through the book from the beginning. Okay. Um, the first part is all about ghosts and how ghosts work. Um, I will say at this point, um, Penny, we can get back to what you were doing. And uh, you can go look for your sweet Uncle Virgil. Virgil's on his way back up to his workshop by now. That would have been the first place I would look for you, is your mm. workshop. So, we might have met in the hallway, or... Yeah, you, you met in the hallway, or, like, Penny was waiting outside for you, something like that. Mm -hmm. You got to my workshop, saw I wasn't there, and we're on your way down, and we kind of run into each other. Yeah. Uncle Virgil. Penelope, dear. Um, what was my father's curse? Hmm. Um, Virgil, you were like 80% sure it was the Burning Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm going to say, well, you should know, should you not? Well, I thought he, I did. Well, his, his curse was obviously the, 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 the curse of the Burning Heart. No, see, I knew him as having the curse of the Rookery. Hmm. No, that, that's not right. Well, up until today, his name was on the rookery. That, his, his, no, his, his ashes are in the family room. I'm not going to say anything else, and I'm going to head straight to the family room. I'm going to follow her. <laughs> yeah, um, you go to the family room. Um, what are you doing? Looking wherever the ashes would have been. Yeah. Virgil's going to go directly to where he knows they are because he's he's been there. He's he looks at them frequently. Yeah. Um you go there and uh there's not an urn where you ex where you expect it to be. Hmm. Where are his ashes? It was here. I they were here yesterday. I was just here. Can Gail enter at this point? <laughs> yeah, Gail can enter. As soon as I see Gail, I'm turning to her. What was Dad's curse? Uh, she looks at him. She looks at Penelope and like looks very confused and and rolls her eyes. What kind of question is that? 
apparently a very good one. What was his curse, Gail? Hang on, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> uh, it was the it was the gargoyle one, is it? Right, is that just Curse of the Gargoyle, or does it have a different I name? think it is just Curse of the Gargoyle. I think so. Okay, then Gail kind of, like, folds her arms and, um... Well, actually, no, she doesn't fold her arms. She reaches um, into um, her pocket and pulls out a, a little stone. Um, and she says, Father had the Curse of the Gargoyle. Why are... Did you forget? Did he mean that little to you? When you pull the stone out, it's not a finger like you remember it to be. It's just this garden stone. No, Gail. He had the curse of the rookery. And to my recollection, he had the curse of the burning heart. Well, he definitely wasn't a bird brain like Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> not the one who thinks she's carrying around a part of dad. It's a garden stone, you idiot. I should mention the book that J.C. recovered from the from the school. It was a history of our family, the ghost and curses of our family. And in my simple perusing of it, I, out of curiosity, flipped to my brother's page. And it was blank. Something is going on. Um, Virgil, as you continue to think about your brother... Um, the memories that you have, you realize, are like, it's almost like you're trying to remember a dream where, like, you mm. can't quite see up past the neck or the faces are just sort of blank. Um, oh, and no, you the realize, kicking in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you realize you're not even sure what his name was. I'm going to keep that to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, after Alistair's threats, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. That I'm sounds keep like that, a later problem. <laughs> that to myself. Yeah, that seems like a later problem. And the old man is not going to re- admit to forgetting what his brother's name was. <laughs> I do, do you want to be put in a home? Because that's how you get put in a home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, please, like anyone, like the family would let us put you into a home. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. How could he have had, I mean, I distinctly remember him and ravens and crows and I, I remember it. And my memories of him are always of him with his fiery curse. As fiery as his personality. Where is the book? I gifted it to Alistair, I figured. If Gale wasn't going to explain to him the truth, he could at the very least read about it himself, as it seems the family isn't letting him leave. It is the least we can do for him. As much as I would like to see him go, I might add. Well, Uncle Virgil, you should know better than anyone. The family never lets anyone go. Yes. I know. Um, a lore question. And maybe that's... Yes? is something that uh like I I'm thinking about meta wise but not story wise. Okay. So fading echo is mm-hmm. presumably what what dad had. <laughs> um so uh you know about the curse of the fading echo? It sort of sounds like it, um but not exactly quite. Um you know though um I don't know how extensively Gail would know about uh curses 
maybe there's more information in that book hint hint but um <laughs> yeah if you've if you've heard of the curse of the fading echo um you know that also variations of curses can pop up like uh you know a lot of people had burning heart until you get to uh to Virgil who has electricity instead of fire. So right. different variations can pop up, different curses entirely can manifest at any given moment. And it's not entirely understood uh, why or what sorts of things it's linked to or what assets will manifest. Right. So it's probably not super like Gale centric that, that she's like, Oh, this sounds like fading echo. Cause I totally know what that is. But I guess my question was more like as a meta lore wise, we are in fact aware that there is a curse that is like yes. that, that has power over memories and stuff like that. Yes. You are aware that there is a, a curse like that. Um, you're also like, it doesn't sound exactly like that, like how you're remembering. Um, but you also have, well, Virgil knows you have a nifty book of uh, information about family curses. Right. Okay. That answers my question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem. But yes, you are any curse in the book and any, uh, rules about monsters or anything in the book i would imagine that at least virgil's aware of and the rest of you depending on how much you've looked into the family history are also aware of and alistair just knows nothing <laughs> he's he's a baby <laughs> right <laughs> he's an ignorant fool john snow over here <laughs> Um, so where were we before I interrupted us? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, gosh. We're discussing that Alistair has the book because... Yeah, you were talking about the book. Right. Okay. Um, well, Gail repockets the stone and regains her composure. She very kind of bluntly says, I'll be making up a spare room for him. Oh, really? Before you go, I want to try something. Um, is there like... Is there like a, um, I don't know, like a guest book or something that would have been kept in this room or not far away or otherwise like a notebook or something? Paper and uh, paper and pens. Sure. Or at least nearby. Maybe there's like a writing desk outside the room, something like that. You yeah. can get something. Relatively yeah. Virgil, Virgil will go to the writing desk and pull out some paper and uh, two pens. Um, and he hands a piece of paper and a pen to each Gale and Penny. And he says, I want to test something. I want you to write your father's name on this piece of paper. Don't say anything. Just simply do it and hand it to me. Uh, Gail rolled her eyes. <laughs> Gail and Penny, obviously your father's name is Dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good old Father Rookwood. <laughs> yeah. Daddy. Um... The, the galaxy brain move here would be after that they after they don't remember what it is, be like, hmm, looks like you need to go to the home. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say I actually don't know what Penny would think her father's name is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just you don't you don't really know. Um, it's something like you don't realize you don't know it until you think about it because you know your dad is just dad or daddy or whatever you called him, but you you aren't really sure. But it's weird though. It's like you would know your dad's name. Yeah, like you know your yeah. mother's name, which mm. is something. I don't know. You know what it is. <laughs> Penny is going to choose a random name then, as if she's <laughs> confident, <laughs> and write that down. I guess uh, J Gail would write down uh, Jameson. 
Okay. I'm gonna so go. they're just guessing. This is not going to be a very good experiment if you just fucking guess. <laughs> well, see, my my thought process is, I have a very I I have had Gail has had very important children to her, and why would she not name one of her children after her father? Yeah. So it has to be one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's not Jeremy, so I'm going to go with Jameson instead. <laughs> so. When I get these papers back, do I know that both are incorrect, or do I just not know? You just have no idea. But they're not the same. (laughs) They're not the same name, but you have no idea if any of them are right. So Virgil's looking at them and looking looking at, like, Gail's answer and glancing up at her and looking at Penny's answer and glancing up at her and goes, and he's going to trade and hand them to each other without saying anything. Gail rolls her eyes and doesn't even look at it. Uncle Virgil, why are you wasting our time? I have things to do today. Because I can't remember my brother's name, and I am thinking it has something to do with the fact that there's no record of him in our book, and none of us seem to agree on what curse he had. And it seems that you two can't agree on what his name was. So, did you remember his names differently, or did you simply not know? Of course I remembered what my father's name was. He's just gonna like he's just gonna like glare at like not glare but like look at Gail and like just slow blink. <laughs> <laughs> the look of like f- fucking come on. Yeah, Penny Penny is actually just standing there like trying to make sense of everything. Gail crumples up her paper and throws it into the the waste bin or wh- wherever is closest. Penelope, did you truly remember your father's name? I don't answer that question. This isn't going to work if we can't communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Penelope, this is the shit I expect from your sister. (laughs) I don't understand why we can't all just be open with each other. (laughs) No, I guess I was too young to really know him as much other than dad. Yes. Everyone knows their parents' names. Even though I've been looking at it for however long on the side of the Rookery, I can't remember. Yes. Curious. It's connected. Gail, once again, rolls her eyes and starts heading her way out of the room. She says, um, I don't have time for this right now. If you guys want to play scavenger hunt, you are more than welcome to. But I have a husband to go take care of. Mm. Yes. Take care of. Of course. Make sure you take a snack with you. <laughs> she she looks back and glares at him at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Gail leaves uh, for the kitchen to make uh, Al a, a cup of coffee or something. Okay. Um, Alistair, are you still just reading the book? Yes, I am. I am uh, diving deep into this. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dear sweet Jeremy, are you still reflecting? Uh, no. After after a bit, I will uh just leave the room and head downstairs. Uh, and I assume I just see Alistair sitting on the floor, like face red from past crying, reading a book. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> And you probably recognize that it's the book that you took with you. Is that a is that a good read? It's a read. Ah, fair enough. Do you need something, Jeremy? 
No, I figured just not acknowledging you while you were sitting on the floor would be mean. Uh, but things are pretty awkward between us, so I'm gonna let you do you. All right, then. <laughs> this is pretty awkward, but I figured I'd just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I guess, uh, I guess I'll go to the family room and see see what space would look nice for my fucking mirror. Yeah. I'll just um, prepare this. <laughs> just Let me case. dig my own grave. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Rookwood thing to do. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Elias would shed a tear. <laughs> yeah, you Pick go in. Uh, are Virgil and Penny still still hanging around? I would think that we'd still be discussing things, wouldn't we? Hmm. I think so. Like, there's there's now like a clear mystery that needs to be solved. Penny and Virgil, the dynamic duo, figuring mysteries out. Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, Gail, like Alistair's useless. Gail's just gonna ignore that there's a problem entirely, and JC probably doesn't have doesn't have any memories of of my brother anyway. So it's like it's up to us anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you two have have set up some sort of camp to like discuss what's going on and everything, and uh, JC walks in. Oh, uh, hey. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to ask Virgil, do you think it'd be worth knowing what maybe Alistair could see in the book on Dad? I didn't consider that it could look differently to each of us, although I wouldn't put it past the ever-evolving rules of this family's curse. I mean, no two seem to be exactly alike anymore. That is very true. Yes, um, he has the book already, um... So we could always ask if he's picked himself out up out of the puddle that he's created in, uh, at the front door. That is an idea. Here's the question, though. We just ignored JC when he came into the room. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> We're very JC deep in discussion. Yeah. <laughs> just like kind of like wave and then keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but when mom ignores her kid, she's a bad person. <laughs> 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 what name do we tell Alistair to look up? Uh, oh no, I simply would just flip to the page and then show it to him and see what he sees. That's fair. I turn to JC then. What did Gail always tell you her father's name was? Uh I'm trying to think. I Gail probably would have only referred to him as grandfather Rookwood or, you know, my father. Yeah. Um, JC, you recall, so Gail would refer to him as, like, my father or your grandfather. Um, you also, like, weirdly remember Gail telling you, uh, how similar you two were, and that led you to believe that maybe he also had a mocking visage. Uh, she never really mentioned his name. It was always just sort of, uh, your grandfather or my dad when she was pissed off at me. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, shot in the dark, I get told I'm like him a lot by her, so Jeremy. (laughs) Well, it appears everyone is just guessing. I don't know what you want from me. I never met the man. Yes, of course. Damn, we could have really confused him if I would have put down Jeremy instead of Jameson. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no! That would have been really good. (laughs) Um, well, um, 
JC, it appears that um, we have a bit of a family mystery on our hands. That is not the slightest bit. <laughs> but, uh... Yes, it, it appears that uh, all of us have conflicting memories of your grandfather, my brother. Um, and uh, furthermore, it uh, his page in the book that Alistair is currently reading is blank. And um, none of us can recall his name. He's got a page in there? Yes, it, it turns out the book is um, quite up to date somehow. Then his name's probably Michael. If it's up to date, then he he probably wrote it. <laughs> well, no, Uncle Virgil, did I have a page in there? Would I have seen a page in there? Yeah, there was a page for uh, Penelope, Gail, Jeremy, even even Jameson is in there. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, even, Virgil's uh, gonna say yeah, like dead or alive, all family members are in yeah. there to the present. Yeah, uh, Virgil will say no. It it was up to date even more so than he would have been able to write if it was him. Although curious to say that I am not offhand familiar with a Michael Rookwood, but um, but no. Um, there were pages in there for even JC, yourself, and um, Jameson. Would it be surprising if he wasn't dead? My brother. Yeah. Yes, to say the least, that would be surprising. Do you remember burying him? Well, I... You, you see, we all remember him having a different curse. You know burials aren't really normal in this family, right, JC? Well, yes, it's complicated. I mean, even then, there's probably a curse that's like existence after death or something. I don't know. My best guess would be if we've got a book with even my dead twin in it, and me for that matter, and we got a mysterious Michael Rookwood who you don't seem to know, and no one can remember Grandpa's name. I'll I'll connect the odd dots since there's no other connection. I, it just seems far too convenient to me. And the family is large. I wouldn't be able to recall everyone off the top of my head. I was going to say, there has to be a family tree around here somewhere. Was there a family tree in the book? Yeah, there's yeah, a Chelsea, family tree. Chelsea, Chelsea <laughs> painted one. Yeah, there was a family tree in the book. Uh, you also know that um, that in the in the house there is also a uh, a family tree. And let's say that's in the house a is also study. made from a family tree. Yeah, the yeah, <laughs> the, the house, house is, is a family, family tree. tree. Um, yeah. yeah, in a study upstairs, you know that there is a family tree, and there's also one in the book. Well, let's take a look then, shall we? Yeah. Uh, as we're walking out, I'm gonna turn to Alistair. Hey, flip to like the biography parts about people. Find the guy who wrote the book. Uh, all right. And I proceed. Alistair proceeds to do so. Yeah, he flips to a uh, a sketched out family tree. It probably honestly folds out of the book just because uh, the Rookwoods have kept such extensive uh, family centerfold histories. family yes, tree. Centerfold, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so he uh, takes it out, and you all go to look at it. Um, as you look at the line with Virgil and his two sisters and his brother, uh, you see that his brothers name is missing and you also see uh up towards the family tree towards uh, elias that there is another name also missing do we see michael rookwood anywhere on the tree you do not see a michael rookwood well one of these two missing spots are definitely michael has to be right 
um, yes, but what is curious is, uh, and he's just saying this, not even paying any mind to the fact that Alistair will have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> he's going to say, um, yes, but if that were the case, I would imagine that the, even the, the author, the byline on the book would, would fade. Um, if it's the same sort of thing um, as what we've been experiencing. Penelope, you said that your father's name is no, now no longer on the rookery. His ashes are missing from the family room. Um, uh, wh uh, whatever our perception of his remains are no longer there, to the point where we can't even recall his name. If that were the case, I would imagine the name on this book would be illegible to us as well. If he were truly this Michael Rookwood. But it would stand to reason what this other missing name is as well. Uh, flip to his entry. Alistair does so. Boy, it's nice when you listen. Or, <laughs> Alistair, if Alistair is still holding, that Alistair would do as directed. <laughs> the entry for my father, and I'm going to ask Alistair, do you see anything? Does Alistair see anything? It's blank, yeah. No, it is, it is a blank page. Can can we look for the entry on this other missing name to see if it is also blank? Yeah, uh, you flip to it and it's also blank. Another blank page. I wonder if this could be the result of whatever curse he actually had and shared with this other individual. It's hard to say because the curses all manifest in slightly different ways. Even those with two of the same curse might exhibit different marks. So as everyone's down um, in the foyer looking at this book, Gail, you were in the kitchen. Uh, what are you up to? Um, Gail is like prepping a, a coffee or like some kind of like calming tea or something for Alistair. Um, and while she's getting that ready and letting it steep and whatever, she um, heads upstairs to one of the spare bedrooms. Um, and starts prepping that for Alistair to stay in that, because apparently we're not sharing a bed anymore, and that's greatly upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, is it any bedroom in particular, or...? Um, it's one that is, like, probably the furthest open one away from the master where they were staying. Um, and it's one in particular that has, like, a, a, a lock on the door that is has a very, like, you know, skeleton key type you know, old house lock. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. Is anyone else doing anything for the rest of the night, or are we all heading to bed eventually? Alistair's going to continue reading through the book. Okay. Um, and at some point, I mean, he's definitely going to get to present day entries. Yeah. Um, as you're reading through the book, I would say, you know, as you're flipping through and everything, you can get uh, you can get there late that night, and you have some uh, horrific realizations as you as you get there, and probably a sleepless night ahead of you. Um, is anyone else doing anything? Uh, no, Penny is just gonna go to her bedroom, make sure her collection's all in order, and start prepping for the night. Um, and everyone else, I assume, is going to bed. Uh, I I do have a quick question, uh, just because we briefly talked about this. At, once we got to like the the modern day, and uh, presumably we have all had a moment to look at our own uh, pages. Um, do do we like have something for what happens if a family member doesn't like have a curse, but they're like a pure blood rookwood? Like what happens to 
Do they get something to designate them in the family room or no? Um, no. Uh, so some children have died at a very young age, um, or otherwise at an age where their curse has not manifested. And you would know that there's a, a little family cemetery out back in the back gardens. That would be where they go. Um, and that's any Rookwood whose curse never manifested or, uh, non-Rookwood Rookwoods, like non-cursed Rookwoods who married into the family. Alright, then yeah, uh, Jeremy would, uh, would head out there that night. Um, yeah, I I can guess what you're looking for. Um, you're probably looking for, uh, Jameson's plot. Uh, I I would imagine you would all have headstones, so it is, it is sort of like a gothic thing that you would have on your family grounds, this little cemetery. Um, did Gail ever make up a headstone or anything for Jameson, or was it... Yeah, she would have. She would have? Okay. Yeah. yeah, uh, she, so you find a little, uh, a little, you know, headstone that says, uh, Jameson on it. There's flowers all around it, like there is, uh, with all of the plots in the cemetery. It's, it's built within a garden, so there's a lot of, uh, plants, especially, like, vining plants and flowers all around. Yeah, not really gonna do anything there. Just gonna, I guess, think some things over while I'm here. So you are you are brooding in the garden until you uh, go to bed, or you know, wait for the next day, or uh, or what have you. Um, everyone else just going to bed. Before I go to bed, I wanted to um, swing by Alistair's room, probably okay. after figuring out where he's been relocated. Yeah, uh, I assume Gail would have probably drive-by mentioned this <laughs> yeah. on her way uh, where Alistair would be staying from now on. Um, is the door locked, since it does in fact have a lock? Um, Not yet. Well, I mean, did Alistair lock it when he went into the room? Oh, uh, he didn't. Uh, Gail is keeping the key. Oh, Gail's keeping the key. Okay. Uh, he will, in fact, be <laughs> locked in, though, once he is in there. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> She's uh, to keep her snack locked up. <laughs> for later. <laughs> yeah, uh, Virgil, regardless, Virgil's just going to knock. Alistair does not answer. He's lying in bed. <laughs> oh, uh, honey. Af- after waiting a moment, uh, Virgil will open the door. Um, uh, the door is locked, so Virgil oh, I- would have to... Expense. I thought Gail said she didn't lock the door yet. After, so, after Alistair is in the room and Gail has left, the door will be ro- locked. <laughs> yeah. So she oh. saw Alistair into the room and then locked the door. Got it. All right. I try the door and n- notice that it's locked and I guess go to bed. Everyone um, going to bed or on their way to bed, um, night begins to fall later and later over Rookwood Manor with everyone now realizing the truth about different things that have happened to family members that they may have cared about or family members that they have never even knew the existence of. Um, Everyone either settles into an uneasy sleep or stays wide awake until morning when the light streams through the windows and everything seems a little bit less terrifying.
Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're Ravnus, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com